Amen. Everybody's good this morning? Yes? I won't try to mess with you too much this morning. I'm glad you came to church this morning. Yes. Yeah, amen. It's always good. You never know with the weather, but I'm happy to be here. I hope you had a good weekend. I did. I'll tell you a couple things in a minute, but first let me just pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. You're real. You're real this morning to us. And Lord, um, you're alive. Lord, thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the, the Father's love. Lord, thank you for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that just flows in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you didn't, if you weren't here last Sunday, um, get the uh, message that was given by Mark Maldine from Grace Life. I've told a few people, uh, if this is what I wish would have happened in my life in a perfect world was I wouldn't have known anything about God or anything about the church when I was growing up, okay? And then I would get saved and I would come to the church for the first Sunday and I'd have heard that message he preached last Sunday. Because it just saved me so much trouble in my life, you know, (laughs) to sort of build my life on a, a more proper biblical foundation, and that's really, really what he talked about. I call it the, the, uh, your Christ, the Christian operating system. It's sort of like you're, on your computer you have like a Windows, you know, that's a, kind of an old thing. Or you have Safari, which is a little bit better, but, right? <laughs> OS, yeah. iOS. That's what that was, you know, it's, it's, that's what that message was last week. It's the thing that should be operating in us in the background of our hearts, which affects everything about us. So if you didn't, if you didn't listen to the message uh, or you haven't gotten it, uh, or you weren't here or you just didn't pay attention, just some people don't pay attention in church, you know, they just daydream. Get that message and listen to it again. It's powerful. Or get the book, which has a lot more in it. It's a very well-written, easy-to-read, enjoyable book, and it's all real-deal stuff. Amen? Amen? Okay, y'all going to help me this morning, or are you going to sit there? <laughs> all right. I'm going to read, uh, last, you know, I'm going to read this Matthew 16 uh, scriptures that I read to you a couple weeks ago, because there's one more thing I want to tell you that's in here that I think is important. So uh, it says, um, when Jesus came into the region, Matthew 16, verse 13 through 19, this morning. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and some others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. That's a pretty good crowd, right? One of those people, you know, to be... People be thinking you was one of them. I would take that as a compliment, right? But not really. Uh, and then he said to them, "But who do you say that I am?" And Simon Peter answered and said, "You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Jesus answered and said to him, "Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter." And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's powerful, isn't it? 
And what are some amazing promises. Um, so this is what happened to me. Uh, I'm going to tell you some, some things that ha- has happened in my life and how this scripture applies. Because um, this morning what I'm talking to you about, I'm talking to you about resurrection identity. Okay, I, I want to put that word in your head, resurrect, or in your heart, really, resurrection identity. Okay, so what happened to me uh, is, in two th- I mean, we're, con- we're not conscious of a lot of things that God is doing in our lives. We're just, but in the background, God is at work. So um, this didn't start in 2002, but I became aware of this in 2000. In 2002, I was in church uh, one Sunday uh, in worship, and the Lord began to start speaking to me uh, and asking me questions. And I didn't, uh, it, it sort of started this, me on this journey uh, that I didn't really understand, but over the course of a few years, I began to realize that God was really trying to, to, to get at some things in me. You know, when God, you know the old saying, when God asks you a question, He's not looking for the answer. He's trying to help you discover something. Well, that's really, really what He was trying to do, is trying to help me discover some things about me. Okay, I thought it was about something else, but it was really about me. It's really what I was able to to do. And and this, there was like an awakening that began. I don't think it began then. I think it. I think I discovered this awakening that was happening in my life, because I believe this is what I've come to believe. When we're born again, there's an awakening that begins in your life. Okay, and it, it is running. It's working in your life, whether you believe or not. Or not, there's this awakening. And really, this is what the awakening is. The awakening is to all that Christ has done for us on the cross. All that He's done for us on the cross. Because we don't really immediately know that. We don't really immediately get that. And so over the period of your journey with God, there's these awakenings to, to truths and to realities that we may not have known. And you can even look at that from a historical large picture that truths are being restored. They say being restored to the church like the church always had it. But really, the, even the early church lacked a lot of revelation. Okay? If you go back and read the book of Acts, you can see things that they lacked. Like they did not have the grace revelation at first. Paul was the one who began to release the grace revelation and came back and released it to the leaders at Jerusalem. Isn't that interesting? Are y'all following this? And so that's sort of the way our Christian life works. So this awakening uh, is, is an, for me, and I think for all of us really, it's an awakening, first of all, to who God really is and what God is really like. Okay, and th- this is everything right here. And it, we have, our hearts must be awakened to what God is really like. It, they mu- it, because the way we see God, everything hinges on that. The way we think about God, everything hinges on that. Everything in your life, you'll never be able to see yourself right. You'll never be able to see others right. You'll never be able to see your life. You will always misinterpret things based on how you see God. And that's why Jesus was saying, who do you say that I am? Because he was very interested in them really seeing Christ himself for who he really is. Not based on uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, or Elijah, whoever. Or, and not based on what other people say. 
And see, this is the primary thing that God's wanting to do for all of us, is God wants to speak to you and I on a very personal level and in a personal way where we begin to know Him like that. And He'll use any means at His disposal, which is everything. God can use anything. He can use, you know, things that we wouldn't necessarily call good Christian stuff to really speak. Are y'all following this? And so this is what this awakening's about. This, that's what we're, we're living in an awakening right now, whether you know or not. Maybe, you know, we've heard the prayers for another great awakening in America. And, and that's a beautiful thing, okay? But the, here's an awakening that's already happened that God wants to alert you and I to this morning. I hate to say it, it took me years to figure out this thing. that they, i got this awakening going on in me. I've been praying for something that God's already doing. You know, so I'm praying for an awakening. God's trying to get in Byron. There is an awakening happening in your life. And if you'll begin to tap into that, then you can see even a greater awakening. Are y'all following this? Yeah. So that's the, that's the first thing and, and the most important thing. Because we don't go any further apart from knowing who He is. And that's a lifetime journey. Let me say this. This is not a one-time event. This is not a one-time encounter. It is a journey. This is, this is a journey. I'm talking about a journey this morning. And I'm talking about sometimes it takes a long time to get perspective. It's, it's as we walk. You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Does anybody know about what I'm talking about? And you're like, oh, God, I wish I'd have known that. You know, you know the story. Uh, the older I get, the smarter my daddy gets. Like, my daddy, he don't know nothing. He, that's what a young guy says. And then an old guy says, oh, I wish I had daddy here to talk to today because he's gone on to be the Lord. He knew so much more than I ever dreamed I, that he knew, you know. And so that's the way life goes for us as we walk down the road of life and we begin to get things that, and we realize that God was talking to us and we weren't catching it. Amen. So... um the other part of this thing is it's an awakening to our true identity, okay, to our resurrection identity. See, all of us, uh, we all have many identities in a sense. I mean, you know, we're husbands, we're fathers, we're sons, we're daughters, we're brothers, we're sisters, uh, we're the boss at work, we're the, the peon at work. You know, those are all identities, and those are not necessarily bad identities. They're just, they're necessary. They're good for the world we live in. Are you following this? But the one identity that drives everything in your life is, is your true resurrection identity. That's the most important identity because it affects every other identity that you're going to have in your life. And you're going to realize there's going to be times where these identities are being, trying to be put on you, okay, by someone or something that doesn't need to be put on you. And if you have this resurrection identity flowing you will know when something's trying to be put on you that's not supposed to be put on you. When somebody tries to take a piece of tape and write something on it about you and who you are and what you are and try to stick it on you, it won't stick. It'll fall off on you. If you are really getting some, some clues from God and you're beginning to really see who God says you are and who God has created you to be, it's vital. It's vital because we live in a world where identity is being forced down our throats. Bad identities. And you see what's happened to the world. And, and here's, this is the reason. This is the reason we have a polit, uh, the identity politics that's gone so far off the, off the mark. is in, in unreal. It's insanity. Here's the reason. 
The reason is not that they are bad people out there. That's not the reason this happened. The reason is, is the body of Christ, the people of God, are not living in the identity that God's called them to live in. Therefore, we're not be able to be the salt and the light to this world out there. Are you following me? Now, that's not a condemnation. That's just a reality. When you begin to see things in the world that are intense and bad, you can bet your bottom dollar that God's trying to talk to the church. You can, you can bet your bottom dollar. That's an old statement. Uh, bet your bottom, your last dollar, you can throw it on there because you're going to win. That's what I used to hear when I was a boy. Bet your bottom dollar on this. Maybe you don't like to bet, but anyways, that's, that's just a saying, okay? Don't worry, I'm not into gambling because one time we went on a cruise and there was a casino in the cruise, okay? And so I thought, I've never been in a casino. Never in my life have I been in a casino. So I'm going in this casino and I'm going to play them slot machines, those one-armed bandits. That's what I thought. Well, I walked in this casino and I stood in the door and looked around like, I don't want to go in there. It just wasn't my deal, you know. I don't want to go do that. I've seen it. I'm done. I hear they serve good food in casinos. I would go for that. <laughs> okay, Lord, help me because I haven't forgot what I was talking about. Anyways. Okay, identity. Let me just say this. All this stuff, this, this radical, radical feminism, for instance, why is, there, why is that happening? Because the church has not seen women properly. The church has not seen. The church has not provided salt and light. That's why we have this mess. That is exactly why we have this mess. So we, we can't sit there and look at the world and throw rocks at them when the problem is here. And we need to begin to really get from the Lord what His view on these things and start releasing those things instead of what religion has released. And I'm not trying to be political because I'm not really, you know, like that. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. We need to pay attention. Okay, if you want to know things that are on the Lord's heart, pay attention to what's happening in the world. Pay attention to what's going on in the news. When you see this crazy stuff, you realize God has that on His heart. God is trying to speak to us. Okay, that's my little political thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's power. There's power in your resurrection identity. That resurrection identity empowers all of your other identities. In other words, my identity as Becky's husband. She's not in here. Okay, she needs to hear this as being Becky's Byron's wife. But since she ain't, you can tell her my identity as being Becky's husband. Okay, is empowered by my resurrection identity. In other words, if I'm going to be the husband that the Bible describes that God desires for me to be, I can't do that apart from having a resurrection identity that empowers that. Are y'all following that? So you see, this is key for everything. If you're the peon at work, you can be the best peon in the world at work if you're being empowered by your resurrection identity. Otherwise, you're going to feel warped. You're going to feel messed up. You're going to feel rejected. You're going to start complaining, being critical at work when... You have a job, and you, you need to be thankful and be praying for everybody around you. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Are y'all following this? So, so this, this, this resurrection identity thing drives everything, okay? It drives everything in your life. Um, whew, help me, Lord. So here's what happened to me. Okay, so I'm in church. Are y'all, 
Y'all want to hear this? Yeah. It's terrible. I'm terrible. We're in church, and I'm the pastor of the church. It's, okay, this is 2000. I'm the pastor. We're, we're in worship, and the Lord asked me a question. And he said this question to me. What is in your, is this, is this what is in your heart? Okay, and what the this was, was what was going on around me, I thought. Okay, I thought it was about what was happening out here. Well, what was happening out here was not what was in my heart. I wasn't liking our church at that time. Okay, that, that was the, the bottom line. Let's just get real here. I wasn't, liking, I wasn't liking how we were doing church, okay? You know, there's many ways to do church, right? Many, many ways. There's different styles of music. There's different styles of preaching. There's just a thousand different ways. There's different ways to set the chairs up. I mean, you know, I mean, there's different ways of governing the church. There's all of this. It's just, but, it, but a lot of that has, it's just style. It's just preference, it's not spiritual. One way is not necessarily more godly than the other way. Okay? So it, at the end of the day, what God was really after in me was not that out there. He was after something in me. Is this what's in your heart? Because I didn't know what was in my heart. I was disconnected from my real resurrected identity. And because my resurrection identity was off, my view of church and view of everything else was off. Are y'all following that? And so what God was really trying to do, and I didn't understand it at the time, okay, but you know, God's awesome. No matter how you understand, no matter how you respond to God, He has a way of working things around, okay? He has a way of zigzagging you in there to get you to the place where you start getting it. Now, I hate to say it is, I'm slow. I'm real slow. I'm, I'm definitely a 2020 guy when it comes to spiritual things. I'm definitely like school of hard knocks person. I mean, that's really the way it's always been. I'm the la- I really feel like I'm always like the last one to catch on. Like, oh, wow, why wasn't I seeing that? Seriously? What took me 16 years to come to this truth? Why, why it took me 16 years? Just slow, you know. Son, you're slow. It's, it's okay. You're just slow. But, you know, I love slow. I'm slow. I'll go slow with you. God will go at whatever pace you need to go. And, if, and just in case he needs to get you there faster, he'll, he'll accelerate you. He'll speed you along. Okay, so he asked me that question. So I, I went on this, this search because he said, why don't you find out what's in your heart and do that? That's what he said to me. Why don't you find out what's in your heart and do that? I thought he was talking about church. He wasn't talking about church. He's talking about life. He was talking about living life from my resurrection identity. Not living life from whatever my pastor identity, which was messed up at the time. It, wasn't, it was off because this other identity was not flowing in me the way it should have been. And so I went on this, this journey with the Lord. And man, it has been a very good journey. It's been an excellent journey. And, and I call, at first I called it, uh, you know, learning how to live from my heart. Uh, that's what I called it. Um, you know, the Lord uh, showed me in these verses here, this little, little great thing um, where Jesus gave Peter his identity. Okay? And I'll talk to, talk to you about that in just a little bit. And, 
And then he started talking to them about building the church, and then he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And all that came after Jesus, after Peter receiving a revelation of who Christ is. Okay? And after Peter uh, uh, receiving a revelation of who he is from Jesus. Okay? And then then the Lord began to speak to him about church. You see, there's, there's an order in God. There's a thing that has to happen in your life to really start getting the right views and getting the right grids. See, here's what started this thing. I didn't, really, I didn't connect the, the, the dots on this thing. In 2002, I, I came to this reality one day in 2002 about the kingdom of God. Okay, here's my reality is, I, I, Lord, I can define the kingdom. I probably could do a great message on the kingdom of God because I know how to get messages out of the Bible. I really do. Well, I should. I've been preaching forever. I mean, you know, if I can't do that by now, I mean, come on, right? I mean, I can go through the Scriptures and see things in the Scriptures and put them together that are biblically true and everything else. But the truth is, I'm like, Lord, I don't really get this kingdom thing. I don't really understand the kingdom. I understand it in my brain, but my heart has no clue about the kingdom. I don't grasp the kingdom. And so I was saying, Lord, reveal your kingdom to me. Let me, give me revelation on the kingdom of God. A real revelation. And so my, what I thought God wanted to do, and the, well, let me just put it this way. The way God began to reveal the kingdom to me was this. He began to reveal to me who He is and who I am. You see that? Who He is, just like with Peter. This is, you're the Christ. That's who you are. You're Peter then. And after that, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I'll give you the keys to the house. I'll give you the keys to the car when you begin to walk in that resurrection identity. Are y'all following this? Oh, I think this is what the Lord does sometimes. I'll let you borrow the car, but you're bringing it back. But here's what he wants to do. Here's the car. Here's the keys. Take them. It's yours. Start driving. Start doing it. And, and I think the reason he lets us borrow the kingdom car, so to speak, and borrow the keys to us when we drive, like, whoa, this is the kind of car I want. Oh, I want that anointing. I want to flow in that, Lord. I want that. That's what I want. I love that. Are y'all following this? And he does that to get you, like, hungry. Uh, and he bring the car back, and if you don't bring it back, he goes and gets it. And you're out there hanging out in the breeze, and you're like, oh, I'm taking the keys from you. I'll just, mm-mm. You can just hang on out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to leave you hanging for a while because you didn't bring the car back when I told you to. You know? Well, that's kind of the way daddies do it, right? You ain't putting up with that foolishness, you know? Like, when I tell you to bring the car back, I want it back. And I don't want it to be wrecked. <laughs> a lot of people have wrecked, wrecked the car, right? And the Lord loves that, loves that we would try, but Lord help me. Do you see, the, see what I'm saying to you? Yeah. That's how God began to speak to me about the kingdom. Is he spoke to me about himself, about who he is. And then he began to speak to me about me. And it's not like he's done speaking about any of that, I hate to say. He's still speaking. That's the glorious thing about it. So I think that's one of the things the Lord wants to do for people here. 
you know, because I think God wants to release His kingdom on earth. I think God wants to give us a powerful anointing. I think God wants to do miracles. I think God wants to do stuff. I think He's very interested in doing stuff. I feel like an urgency in my heart about that kind of thing now. Like, we're coming into the time where the power of God has to be brought forth. And, you know, these guys, they brought the power of God after this. After Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit came, they began to bring the power of God in an amazing way. And I believe God really wants to bring His power and His glory into the earth. Because that's what the world needs. Is, is we're coming to that place where it's going to be the power of God versus the power of whatever. The power of politics, the power of Islam, the power of, of you know, racism. All these things that are so destructive, the power of hate. They're, they're powerful. They're dark. And they can't, it's not, a, it's not words that are going to solve this. It's not rhetoric that's going to solve the problem. It's going to be God's power being released. That's, that's the answer. And so, you know, he gave him this revelation of the kingdom. And then he spoke to him about the revelation of the church, the two things. And, and so that's how I began to understand me trying to fix something out here. Okay, the church was really God saying, no, there's something that needs to be fixed in you. Because when that starts getting fixed in you, you can begin to see this out here the way I see it. Because you're not seeing it right. You're not seeing it right. And so lots of times in the church world is we're always trying to create a church, make it look, let's do these things, these things, and these things, but really it's what needs to be created in here. Why ain't the church doing this? Look in here. That, that's really the real question. Why aren't you doing it? Okay? And a lot of times, a lot of our problems, not in life, not just with church, with everything, in our marriage, in our relationships. Why is she acting this way? Why? It just, just, I just am so sick of this. No, Byron, why do you feel like, like that towards her? And why do you want to respond in the way you respond to her? Because you're not seeing her right. Y'all gotten really serious looking at me right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, when God begins to really reveal your resurrection identity to you, that's when you can begin to look at things differently. And you can begin to look at people differently. You can be, be, begin to look at your problems differently. And if we don't have some level of that work in our life, we're always going to come to the wrong conclusions. We're going to look at the Bible and read the Bible and come to the wrong answer because we're going to interpret it wrong. And if we don't interpret it wrong, we're going to apply it wrong because we're not seeing it the way from our true identity. Are y'all happy with this? I'm, I'm serious. This is something God wants to do for you. 2002, it took me two years Two, it was two more years before I really started understanding more what, how God wanted this church to go. Because in those two years, He, he was working, working overtime on me in here. Well, thank you, Lord. This is happening now. Mm-hmm. One of the important things, and, and this is really important in the Bible, uh, is... When God names a person, if you go in the Bible and begin to study when God names a person, like for instance, uh, Simon Bar-Jonah, that word Simon means read. That's what it means. Hollow read. 
Shaky Reed. Okay? That was his name. Simon Bar Jonah, Bar was not his middle name, by the way. And Jonah, it was Simon, son of Jonah. That's what it meant. That's just how they worked back in those. Because I know some people are thinking, man, that was a bad middle name, Bar. What kind of name is that, man? Reed Bar Jonah. You know? <laughs> That's what it meant, Simon, son of Jonah. And, he, and the Lord called him Peter. Well, as we well know, uh, Peter wasn't a rock. He, he said, you know, hey, Reed, hey, hollow, shaky, unstable person, you're going to become like a rock, man. You're going to become stable. You're going to become strong. Um, but at that moment, he wasn't. And, and so what we see happens, same thing with Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old. Listen, 75 years old. And the Lord changed his name from Abram to what? Father of many nations. How many kids did he have? Zero. Had no kids. And Oh, I'm the father of many nations. How many kids you got? None. <laughs> and it was 25 years. 25 years before father of many nations actually had the, the original nation child. He had another one in between, but that was his own flesh thing. So that didn't count. And with the Lord, although that nation still exists, as we well know. But you see what I'm saying? is so when God begins to speak to you about your resurrection identity, you don't instantly become that. So I'm, I'm getting myself off the hook here now. <laughs> 2002. Lord, 16 years down the road, I'm still, still getting this. I'm still beginning to see who God says I am. Okay? Because it's a process. It's a, it's a process of transformation. It's a process of revelation. It's a process of seeing Him and being changed from glory to glory. Like I said a few weeks ago, mine's glory is met from mess to mess. And I've, that's the way it's been from mess. Oh, Lord, I wish I'd known mercy. You see what I'm saying? And so when God names us, it doesn't mean we're going to be Abraham today. If He said, you're Abraham and you have no children. But when we begin to believe, this is the key, when you begin to believe what He says, who He says you are, that's where your faith can really work. And that's the beginning of becoming who He's really called you to be. And you're going to have all kinds of opposition in your life to that. You're going to have opposition on the outside. You're going to have failure in your life by trying to be who He says you are. You're going to fail. You're going to fail miserably. Abraham failed miserably. Peter, right after this, failed miserably. The rock was saying to Jesus, you shall not go to the cross. You know, you shall not. He was being a rock at that moment. I'm going to be stable. I'm not going to let this happen to you. He failed miserably. And the Lord said, get behind me, Satan. Like, you know, you're a rock. Yeah, a rock you want to throw across a water. <laughs> I think he's going to toss your butt into that lake over there. So we have this misery, and so really our biggest enemy on, this, on, our, on your identity is in your mind, because your mind is going to war against you and, and talk, try to continually talk you out of your identity, continually, and it's going to bring up your failure. It's going to bring up where you're not that. Oh, I can just imagine Abraham thinking, dude, I am not the father of me. I don't even have a child. I, don't, I have nothing. That, and when he got that, when he begged God, oh, please, God, do this, because I'm not going to have no more children, Lord. I mean, come on. And so, so we're, we, we're in this thing. We're struggling with this thing. 
But here's the thing. This is what I've learned in life. When, when God begins to speak to you, if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe it. At some point, you have to really start believing what God's told you. Because you can't expect other people to believe something. That's why we want to go get a prophetic word, hoping some prophet. Have you ever wanted to go to a prophet to get a word? And you're just desperate for a certain word. And it probably really had something to do about your identity. Something just to, to, to make you feel better, you know, about yourself and about your miserable life. Have you ever, have y'all, am I the only one who ever did that? Like, I just need, I just need somebody, Lord, to tell me something affirming today and re- reaffirm who I am. I have literally said that to God. Please have somebody call me. Or I'm going to go hang around with somebody who does stuff like that. And guess what? You don't need a word. I've actually had Bob Jones say that to me many times. Bob, you got a word for me? Desperately. <laughs> Trying to hide the desperate. You don't need a word. Here's your word. Do what the Lord's already told you to do. <laughs> Seriously, he's done. Okay, well, that was great. <laughs> Some prophet you are, right? Don't you see the desperation in me? <laughs> Do any of y'all feel that? Does anybody in this room feel desperate? Does anybody in this room feel naked at times? When you step out and do something and you feel like a fool, do you ever feel just naked? That's those times when your identity is going to be just, the enemy is just going to wear you out of your identity. Don't listen to them. And I had a friend of mine, y'all, some of you know him real well. He preached this message at his church he's in now. And uh, he's a worship leader, so he's trying to transition into being a pastor of a church. And he called me one day, one Sunday, Byron, I just preached today. Oh, awesome, man, awesome, awesome. No, it was terrible. <laughs> it was really bad. It was terrible. I said, what do you mean bad? It just was boring. It was just dead. There was no anointing on it. it, it you could just tell it was miserable. What am I supposed to do? That's what he said. I thought, oh, yeah, I'm an expert in that arena. I can tell you what to do. I said, first of all, let me just tell you this. One message does not make or break your ministry. I said, get that, okay? The other thing, go do something. Don't go home and sit around think. Go do something. Go do something. Go to the, you know, go to the ball game. Go to the gym. Go hiking. Just do something with your life. And don't sit around and, and suffer with this, what I have learned to call... Uh, Vulnerability hangover. I, I, I heard this lady talking about the vulnerability hangover. I thought, oh, that's what I've been experiencing for years. Every Sunday I go home and I have a vulnerability hangover. Every Sunday I go home and think, oh, Lord, can I, is there a hole somewhere? Is there somebody I can call that will help me and tell me something? This, something to help me because I feel awful. You know, and that's where the enemy wants to get us and talk us out of who we are. Talk us out of who we are. Don't let him talk you out of that. I'm just, just being real. Are you all okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I wanted to shift gears for a second because I need to finish. Okay? This is important what I'm telling you. Really is important. I want you to begin to ask the Lord about that, about your resurrection, about who you really are because he wants to talk to you about that. You see, when he said, what's in your heart, really is say, he, he, this is what he was saying. He wants me to find out who, who I am. Because that's where, that's where your true self lies. It relies in your heart. That, 
and he wanted me to look into my heart. That's what he was inviting me to. Look in your heart. When you, and look in there, and he, you know, he helped me to get there. Okay, what do you want to do with church? Okay, let's talk about that. But, and, but there was more behind that. And he kept walking me, walking me, walking me back to get to me, to myself. Okay? And that's where God wants to bring us all, is get to our, to our true selves, our resurrection self. Not your old nature self, but your true nature self. And then begin to learn how to live from that person. And live from what that person feels and what that person thinks. And the desires of that person. And then you can begin to be successful in life in what you do. Because God created that person to be very successful. And very able to, to fulfill everything that He designed. That's how you, if you want to fulfill your destiny. If you want to fulfill your purpose. If you want to fulfill your calling. That's the person that's going to fulfill it. It's not this other person. It's not all these other labels, okay? It's not that old person. It's this new person that was created when you were born again. And which, by the way, just so you'll know, is when you were born again, your own nature was crucified, but your personality was not, okay? Your personality, because God did not, He loves your personality. Your personality is who you are. That's the real. He just wants to get that personality cleaned up. Get it renewed. Get it transformed. Get it fixed so it can begin to be. Are y'all following that? That's important to know. Okay, I'm going to finish with this. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, help me. Call me this afternoon and tell me that. (laughs) When When I'm having my vulnerability hangover. You know? Or it used to be on Mondays. I figured out how to undo it on Mondays, but... Now I'm just trying to figure out how to undo it on Sundays, especially when it's raining and you can't go do nothing, right? Um, this is what happened to me. Uh, this week, this is powerful. I started hearing this song over and over and over. And God' breath was on that song. And God was telling me, that's what's happening right now. And so I told Becky, you know what I'm hearing, Becky? And I told her. And she said, you want me to tell Jacob to do it Sunday? I said, no. No, do not tell Jacob anything. I don't nobody know this. I'm just going to listen to it myself and enjoy it. So yesterday I was, and I was hearing it all the time. I'm still hearing it. Yesterday I was looking on the thing, the planning center, and I looked, oh, Becky, look at this. So what Jacob's doing tomorrow? Faith is rising. Faith is rising. I saw the Lord smiling. I saw the Lord laughing at our enemies, at your enemies. I saw him. I saw him laughing. I saw it. I saw faith. Faith motivated and activated by love. I saw it. I saw it. Coming up. It wasn't just a song all of a sudden. It was this substance. It was like a spiritual substance that I was feeling. And it was like, oh, yes. And I started remembering stuff. Okay? I started remembering things of God smiling over us, but they were at very difficult times. 
okay? Very difficult times. And people would say, Byron, the Lord's smiling over you. What if the Lord smiling over you? Why did this happen? You know, Gideon, you know, if the Lord's force, why has all this happened? You know what I'm saying? Does anybody else feel that way? When Oh, the Lord's smiling over you, brother. He's got you covered. Well, if it is, why? You know, that's what I would feel. Sometimes I would say that. It depends on the person. I wouldn't want to hurt some people's feelings and say that to them. But there's certain friends of mine, they said it to them, I would unload on them. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why? I don't think the Lord's smiling over. I think he's mad at me. That's the way I felt. The Lord's mad at me. I'm disappointed in the Lord. And so we went through a lot of hard times like everybody has. And we have all had a lot of failure in our lives, haven't we? I'm talking about failure that, that means, it means something, right? I'm not talking about, oh, I failed to take out the garbage. <laughs> and Becky had to fuss at me about it. And stop spitting in the sink. You know, I'm talking about the kitchen sink. For some reason, she has this hang-up. She don't want you to spit in the kitchen sink. I'm thinking, it's a sink. There's water there. Rinse it out. Well, I get tired of cleaning it up every day because you spit in it every day. I bet you I only spit in it once a week. No, you spit in it every morning. I thought, oh, I do. Anyways, it's a bad habit, you know. So I promised her this morning after I was like, I'm sorry, honey. I'm going to start. I'll quit spitting in the sink. Because you want me to. Because, but I don't really think there's anything wrong with spitting in the sink. It's just my personal opinion. Anyways, Lord help. So, we had a good friend from Texas. Some of you know Perry Lavelle come passing through town. And she, she asked Becky, can I do some worship with you? So we had a, invited some of her friends over, some mutual friends to our house, and had like worship. And... Uh, it was, it was blissful, you know. It was one of those blissful moments. And you just love it. I just love this organic thing. And when God just manifests. And you're just like, oh, this is what I'm living for. Oh, I'm just here. I'm right here. God's just doing stuff. And I'm just here with him. And it's just so beautiful. And uh, I felt that faith is rising thing. I was think- and I got back to thinking on these words that people gave me about God smiling over me. And I was trying to reconcile that. And I was thinking about all this bad stuff that happened. And I went back in my heart. This is while we were worshiping. I went back in my heart to some of those places, some of those times. And I remember this one particular time. I would come, I would come up here um, and just sit. I'd come when nobody, I need nobody to be here and sit for, just sit for hours. Just wait, oh God, to speak to me. Because I felt desperate in my heart. And I was trying to just reconcile, like, Lord, I feel like, I feel like I've just failed. I feel like I've failed. And I was there in that moment with the Lord. And he, he, uh, I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I failed, Lord. And then I had, I, I had this vision. It shifted from me telling the Lord I was so sorry to him to me standing in my backyard with the Lord. And he appeared to me as Abba Father. 
That's how he appeared to me. Abba, Father. And, and I was hearing myself say what I had just said in my prayer to him. I'm so sorry. And I was like a little boy with Abba, with Daddy. And Daddy looked at me and said, Okay, what do you want to do now? That's what he said. Okay, what do you want to do now? And this is the feeling of those words. All that's taken care of. All that's over. No more. Let's go on. What do you want to do now? And the vision ended with me and Abba walking to the woods on an adventure. The new adventure. What do you want to do now? That was what he was saying. You're not qualified. When you fail, God doesn't qualify, disqualify you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Well, here's the cool thing. So I get this thing. Um, uh, you know, it's just one of these things. There's so much stuff that you can... It's overload out there now, right? I mean overload. There's so many words and there's so many things and this person, that person. <laughs> so, you know, you got to be very careful about being overloaded spiritually. I do. I mean, I just like my senses get, my spiritual senses get overloaded. Like, I just can't take all this. It becomes like this confusion to me. But there was just one thing that I got. That I thought, man, this sounds cool, man, because it's unknown people. It's, nobody, it's no-name Christian people. Some actually are preachers at no-name churches and no-name places. Some are, are businessmen. Some are politicians even. And they have this little five-minute little talk about something that God has shown them. And so I thought, oh, yeah, these are the people I want to hear from. I want to hear from the nobodies out there. I don't want to just hear from the big people, you know, everybody else. I want to hear from these nobodies who are living their life out in this world somehow and something God has revealed to them. And I'm going to tell you, it's really, I mean, 80% of it is sweet. I mean, it's just amazing. So I get up Saturday morning. This happened to me Friday night. This vision. I get up Saturday morning, and and this guy, the name of the thing was just some guy. I don't even remember who it was now. Some nobody. The thing was Adventures with God. Okay, Adventures with God. And this is the scripture. I wanted to read this scripture to you. This is Romans 8, verse 15 through 17. This is beautiful. Are you all following me? Are you all still with me? I'm about done. It says this, This resurrection life you receive from God is not timid, grave-tending life. Isn't that amazing? Boy, that spoke to me right away. Like, wow. It's time to get over the grave-tending. It's time to get done with being timid. It's adventurously expectant. And see, I think a lot of Christians have lost that. With the Lord. Venturously expectant. We've lost that. We've lost that because we failed. We lost that because we were disappointed. We lost that because we didn't feel like God did what God was supposed to do. And we lost that. But where was God when this happened? We just lost it. And we're like that little boy in the backyard with the father. With Abba Daddy. You know, I've just messed up. Okay. Go. I've lost it. No problem. Don't worry about it. Let's go on. 
Are y'all hearing this? It's powerful, really. Eventually expected greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? Say, God wants to put that in you this morning. What's next, Papa? What's next? Yeah, I, I believe this is really the Lord. Oh, I wouldn't be saying that. Yeah, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. That's what I've been talking to you. God's Holy Spirit. Becky said it. And I thought it was another thing that was really cool when I looked at Jacob's playlist. I said, Becky, look at this. Not only is faith arising, Abba. Abba, Father. And they were not going to sing it. I said, Becky, I want that song sung. And she said, I don't think it's going to work. I said, no, it's going to work. It's going to work, Becky. It's got to work. I don't care if it don't work. If It's going to work for me. I don't care. Everybody else may not like it. It's working for me. And then she did it. And when she came out, I said, see, I told you it's going to work. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. That was God. That was God. God does that kind of stuff. See, I, and when God does that kind of stuff with me, because he don't do that a lot with me. I mean, honestly. A lot of mine is very faint little stuff that I really go on. But when he starts doing that, I'm, th- I'm paying attention. It's because he's saying, you better get this one. Now. I'm going to make extra effort for you to get this one. Because this ain't just for you. It's for all of us. Yeah, it really is. We know who He is, and we know who we are. Isn't that beautiful? We know who He is. We know who we are. We know that. We know some measure. We know some piece. We know some little bit. Oh, it doesn't matter if it's just a tiny bit. If it's a tiny bit, that's a big bit in God's kingdom. I think that's beautiful. Uh, And father and children, father and child, father and children, and we know we're going to get what's coming to us. We know we're going to get what's coming to us. This is amazing. You know what mercy means? Mercy always was this for me. Uh, you don't get what you deserve. In other words, you did bad. You need a whipping. Mercy was not my mama's favorite thing. Like, you did bad, you're getting a whipping, period. There's no mercy here. <laughs> it's the way it worked in my house. She was right. <laughs> I thought she was wrong, but I'm like, oh, she was real right. I'd have beat me too. <laughs> but it's all, there's another part of mercy, and it's that. Mercy is not getting what we deserve, but getting everything God wants us to have. That's why the Bible says before God does anything, He releases mercy. And everything that God does, He covers it in mercy, the mercy seat. So it's not just about not getting punishment or not getting, you know, on discipline. It's about getting something. It's about getting something. That's why mercy is so beautiful. It's, it's, it helps us both ways. We're going we're gonna to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. An unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with Him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with Him. Isn't that powerful? So I believe the Lord really is calling us into to our identity, our true identity. He's really wanting to, to, to draw that in you. Okay? And it's going to affect every part of your life. It really will. It, it'll help you be a good husband if you're not a good husband. It'll help you be a good employee if you're not. It, it will impact you big time. And it will impact you with your relationship with the Lord more than anything else. So. And it will cause you to love God. And desire God. Um, 
because you'll begin to see him how as beautiful as he really is. Um, I really believe that. I believe the Lord really is calling us now to, um, you know, adventure. That the, and he wants to tell you about the past. It's okay. Everything's taken care of. Let's go. And, and he said, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I guess what I want to do was go hiking in the woods somewhere and go do something back there. You know, <laughs> I don't know. But this is the life that God is calling us to now. This is where we're at. He's calling us into this adventure with him. And so our, our thing has to be is can we let go, like what Paul said, can I let go of that behind me? Can I let go of all that? Can I let go of it? You know, it's like a woman who's scorned by a man. Can she let go of that so she can get the guy that's waiting on her? You know? So we can go on. And so I just really want to pray. I'm going to pray for you. Get the Lord to release that for you. Abba. Abba Daddy. Abba Daddy. And we welcome Abba Daddy. And we welcome his faith being released to us. We welcome his faith. We welcome his faith. Lord, I welcome your faith. I welcome the flow of faith is rising in my heart, Lord. I feel it. I welcome your smiling face. I welcome you laughing at the enemy, what the enemy thought was going to destroy me, Lord. I welcome you laughing at that, thinking they're not destroying you. I want you to ask the Lord. I want you to welcome the Lord. I want you to think about that. Welcome Him. He's Abba. Ask Him to reveal Himself to you as Abba Daddy. As Daddy. Your identity. Your resurrection identity. Lord, I just release that into this room right now. I just want to take this moment and release resurrection identity into this hearts this morning, Lord. It's, it's in there. It's, it's, it's flowing inside of us. It's deep in our hearts. Our spirits are full of resurrection identity. And we, I'm asking you, Lord, that our souls would begin to lay hold of what's already in us, Lord, that in our spirit, Lord. Lord, I, I'm asking you that we would stop trying to fix things out here and let you do something in here. So we can really see how things out here could be fixed. But we wouldn't start out here. We would start in here. Lord, I ask you to do that, Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says the the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is what brings forth that call of Abba Daddy in us. We feel that thing in us crying out, Abba, 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 I need you. I need you. Being weak, feeling weakness is really a gift if you can embrace embrace what God's doing. Because it really is a thing what Paul said, when I'm weak, when I'm weak, I want you to get that. When I'm weak, that's what he said, when I'm weak, When I'm weak, the power of the Lord is resting. 
The power of the Lord is resting in my weakness. We hate weakness. We want to run from weakness. But Paul the Apostle says, I run to weakness. Because there I have found power. There I have found revelation. There I have found the secrets, the mysteries, the glory. I don't love weakness, but I love where it takes me to. I love where it takes me to. I don't love that thing I was saying, that vulnerability hangover thing. But I love what it does to me because instead of running to people, I run to the Lord. Lord, you got to help me. You got to talk me because I'm going to talk myself out of everything. I'll talk myself out of everything, Lord. So help me, Lord. Just help me keep my mouth shut if nothing else until my heart gets back to a place of rest. So, Lord, I just pray. I just pray. Pray that, Lord, we get this. I pray for those in this room who the past has almost destroyed them. That they can see you saying, okay, what are you going to do now? That they could feel the power of getting up and going on with their lives. Dreaming again. And catching fire again in their hearts for what you have for them. I just, I just ask you to do that, Lord. Holy Spirit, do that. Only you can do that. Just minister to your people right now, Lord. Every person in this room. Every person in this room needs you somewhere. None of us are self-sufficient. Every one of us needs a God that touches us and ministers to us on our deepest level. Lord, I ask you to do that. I ask you, Father. I thank you that you are Abba. And you're going to reveal yourself as Abba in this church and in our hearts. And we're going to reveal Abba to other people. We're going to show them what Daddy's really like. And we're going to become proud of Daddy. Very proud of Daddy. Because Daddy's proud of us. And Lord, I pray that. I pray for the revelation of Abba Daddy into these hearts this morning. Abba Father. We just thank you for that. I pray that faith thing. Faith. I pray your faith, you'd feel it rising in you right now. God is saying, faith, arise, arise. Let your faith arise. Let God draw it up in you. I wasn't trying to generate faith. I was just hearing a song. And God started talking to me, and I felt spiritual substance on that song. I felt faith. I felt my faith. I felt the faith in me being activated. Lord, release that this morning to all of us. We need our faith to be flowing again. Thank you, Lord. Let's just sit here a moment. Just sit here a moment. Let the Lord minister to your heart. Let the Holy Spirit have His way in you. know the Lord wants to heal some of us in our heart, in the realm of our heart, especially about the, the, the broken dreams and the, the unanswered prayer. The things that you watch crumble before your eyes. The important things 
that didn't happen in your life and the things that were important to you that that were taken from you that were destroyed or just robbed out of your life the Lord wants to touch those places in you today and begin to minister to you You know, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this is true. To let yourself off the hook. Here's the secret to letting yourself off the hook with things. Is you let God off the hook. Because when you let God off the hook, you can let yourself and everybody else in the world off the hook. But many times we've got God on the hook. You didn't do what you said you were going to do, Lord. I'm mad. I'm upset. Why, 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 Lord? And we won't let go of it. I get there's that process but at some point you had to say to the Lord I let you off the hook Lord you don't owe it to me you don't owe it to me when we do that we can let ourselves off the hook we can let everybody else in the world off the hook so Lord I just ask you to do that this morning for those who might be holding on to something those who may be holding on to something that's really important and they held on it so tight that they lost touch with you over it and they became offended secretly deep down in their heart with you over it Lord I just pray this morning they would be able to let it go another thing the Lord has helped me with is, is being willing to live to being able to live without answers things that mattered, things and why, Lord, did that help me understand it and God has nothing to say on it. It's being willing to say, okay, I'll let it go. I don't, I, I don't have to have the answer. You're more important than, my, than you giving me an answer for this. And you'll answer me when you want me to know the answer. If you've got that going in your life, and if you're anything like me, you, you, you probably have lots of questions about things. Let those let it go this morning. Let those things go this morning. And Lord, we just pray. I just pray particularly for uh, relationships, like with children. That's some of the most hurtful things a parent can ever go through. Or marriages. Those, those are the things that really kill us, man. They just kill. They just destroy us. They eat us alive. I just pray for everybody in this room who's suffered with that there'd be a healing this morning and there'd be a restoration families restoration of dreams restoration of callings restoration of passion
Message always has when the father confirms things, you know, he he uses two or three witnesses. And I'd even talked to Byron about this, but uh last week I had a dream. In the dream, you know, Bill Johnson was talking to me. And I was uh in the dream I looked like I was twelve years old, like a little kid. And he asked me one question, he said, uh what do you think about the father and immediately it's like my heart just melted with such affection when I thought about God the father himself like just besides myself just crying like a little baby like uncontrollably and in the midst of that I just how the Holy Spirit just whispering to me saying you belong you belong, you belong, you belong. And then the next thing I heard the Holy Spirit say was, Do you believe the Father is good? Do you believe the Father is good? And in my heart, I say with everything I got, Yes, but yet. You would say yes, but like the way Byron was saying, you think about all the bad stuff that has taken place in your life, and it's hard to really reconcile that part. And the next thing the Holy Spirit says, remember what he says in James. If you lack wisdom, ask for it. And the Holy Spirit connected it to Ephesians where he said, where Paul's prayer was, ask for wisdom that you may know. You may know that your heart may be enlightened, that you may know that God who's your father so the wisdom is here this morning that the Holy Spirit is releasing this wisdom for you to know the father intimately so father just release that into people this morning the wisdom from heaven that helps us know you deeply and intimately Lord and just say Father, I receive. Just say, Father, I receive. I take the wisdom from heaven to know you more and more each day. And we all say, Amen. So I don't want to rush you out of here. You can keep on soaking. But you guys be blessed. <laughs>